Welcome to the Vitamin C Podcast. I'm Paul Victor, and thank you guys for tuning in. Today we actually have Chase Miller, the CEO of Gymshare. Pleasure to have you uh, as a guest today. Yeah, thank you. Oh, pleasure's all ours. Yeah, and um, uh, tell us about what's what's Gymshare all about, Chase? The purpose of Gymshare really is to create a healthier society, Mm. one community at a time. Right, it, it, it's more than just helping home gym owners make money, monetizing their home gyms, and giving people an option where they don't have to feel like they're in a crowded big box gym, right? Where they don't feel like they, they're worried about COVID or they are around people. Like I was talking to a lady and she was saying, I love Gymshare because I don't have to be hit on guys all the time, right? Oh, yeah. And so Gymshare provides a way for her to feel comfortable, mm. right? She can just get out of bed, not have to put on makeup, not have to dress all cute and put on perfume just to go sweat at the gym. Rather, she mm. can just use Gymshare and feel like she can just be herself and work out. And that's honestly what moves mountains because there's no more excuses. Right, because there's a system to allow you to just exercise without having to impress anyone, without having to do anything. Like me personally, I don't, I don't really care about working in front of other people. But the thing that drives me bonkers, and the reason why I built a home gym myself was just due to the fact that I was tired of going to the gym, like going to my local big box gym, yeah. and like I have to go to work. Right, I don't have very much time, and I wanted to use some form of equipment like a bench press or whatever. Like, wait, or, yeah. yeah, and pe- this this person is texting on their phone, not even using the equipment, but just hogging it. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Mm. They're just sitting there, and I'm not. It's not just me; it's several other people. Like literally, there's a line of people wanting to use a bench press, and the people are just stand, just sitting there texting or watching YouTube video or whatever. Yeah. Good for them, whatever. But at the same time, there are other people you gotta be mindful of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Um, and, and my wife is the same thing. Like, like she didn't like having to like look all cute, put on makeup, do all that stuff, just go sweat in the gym. She loves working out. And plus, since we have kids now, I have two kids mm. and another one on the way too. Congrats. Thank you. Another one on the way. And like, she doesn't want to be away from our kids, mm. right? So the beautiful thing about it is we just go into our home gym and she just turns on Bluey or turns yeah. on our kids' <laughs> favorite show, yeah. right? And she can exercise. Dude, I love that. Uh, you, you've solved a pain problem that most people didn't have uh, access to figure out how, how to solve. And I love what you said earlier, like no excuses now. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah if, I, if I go to the gym, I'd probably feel uncomfortable like, I'm not where I want to be and other people are judging me. So it's like, that's definitely an excuse. So I think within the safety of the walls, like you can get what you need. So I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Well, and and plus like, like our, our, our mission statement, like it's, it's more than just making money. It's, it's about helping people get healthier by eliminating, by limiting those barriers to entry. Mm. Right. Because like obesity is rising, health issues are rising. Right. And they're causing chronic like chronic issues, which chronic issues, like according to our research, is 70 percent of all deaths in the United States today. And so it's more than just that. We want to help people get healthier. That is the point of Gymshare. 
Okay, and so uh, now I'm kind of curious, like uh, how long have you, like when did you start it? How many people are using, is it like an app or like how do people, like what's, what's the logistics? Yeah, so great question. So um, we're, we're in the beginning stages of Gymshare. Gymshare's kind of evolved. It's evolved into Gymshare um, just due to the demand yeah. of what people are wanting and, and the bigger effect that we can have on society. Right, not like not just in the U.S., but across the world. Mm. Um, so, Gymshare hasn't been around for very long itself. It's only been around for like two months, right? And we don't have very many users, but we kind of want it that way right yeah. now. Just due to the fact we want to work out all the kinks. We want to make sure that we provide the best possible experience to before all you of onboard the... everybody else. Exactly, exactly. exactly. And and we want to have the infrastructure, the supply, and just make sure that there are places for people to go, right? And so we, so our users are called gymmers. <laughs> I love like, it. Yeah, so gymmers uh, and obviously we have home gymmers. But we just wanna make sure that gymmers are so happy with the experience because we would rather have a hundred people who are obsessed with gym share versus like right, a, a lot of people that are just kind of subpar. And, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah. They love it so much that they're they that they're willing to tell anybody because they love it. Like like they, so, there's a restaurant. I'm giving you this restaurant a shout out here, Asa Ramen in Orem. So I was introduced to this restaurant by a friend um, in, in one of my networking groups uh, called BNI. But um, she, we just did our first. We we just had a. I met her and her husband at mm -hmm. this restaurant. But like. Like the, the meeting was great, but the food, I was like, oh my gosh, this food is awesome. And so what I do, I told my wife, I took her and she told Everyone our neighbors, yeah. right? Their our neighbors told their neighbors and so on and so forth. Did Asraman ever pay us to do that? No, right? We love it so much, so we wouldn't tell anybody. That's mm. what I want for Gymshare, right? People are obsessed because they love it so much. That's the type of experience we want to build. So the app's not even ready yet, but but when it is ready, we want to provide that experience, that seamless experience where, like I said, we eliminate those excuses. So, Dude, no, thanks for sharing that. I really, it really sounds like you, not sounds like you really care about user experience and you're not building a product just for, hey, I built a product, or I just want to make money, but I care about people. And I think when people see the genuinity of that, yeah. that is when the magic happens. So I really love, really love what Thank you're you. doing. Um, also, you mentioned earlier you served uh, in the army, right? Yes. Tell, tell me about that experience. Are you like a, your whole family is in the army or like military or like what's? Yeah, I want to hear more about that kind of story. Yeah. So, um, so I, I served in the Utah Army National Guard, the 19th Special Forces Support Unit. Um, so what ended up happening was um, I I was initially so. So in high school, I played lacrosse. Are you familiar with lacrosse? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so I played lacrosse, and uh, I was recruited initially to go to West Point. Unfortunately, didn't get in. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, didn't get in. Uh, and so BYU was literally the, the last option, which, by the way, side note, I am so grateful I went to BYU. I, I met my wife, mm. and I had an amazing experience. I, am, I would not trade it for the world. I love this university. Anyways, um, I was supposed to go to West Point, didn't get in, and then so when I went to BYU to play lacrosse for the team, it's MCLA instead of NCAA, mm -hmm. um, I um, I was like, I still want to kind of do that military thing, and so I joined the ROTC program yep. at BYU, um, and it was it was fine. Yeah. I was like, 
This isn't what I was expecting. I was expecting a little more intense, like what, what you see on Call of Duty and oh, stuff like I, that. I, I, for the record, this semester I enrolled in the ROT. I'm like a skinny Indian kid. Dude, so that's like, awesome. Good for you. I, I didn't even last a day. So <laughs> I was like, if you wanted something more hardcore and intense, my respect, my friend. Like, but yeah. anyways, continue on. That was <laughs> so, so I decided to enlist. And yeah. I still wanted, I was still playing lacrosse for BYU. I still uh, wanted to finish school, right? And so that's why I went to the National Guard specifically mm. instead of just enlisting in the full-blown army, right? Um, and so I, I went to basic training and stuff like that. And I, it was it was it was an experience. Like I have never been so terrified of a of a woman who is a lot shorter than me. Really? Right? <laughs> I've never been so terrified of somebody. Um, and so, but honestly, that was one of the best experiences that I could, I could have ever done, like in my life. Like literally the military, what it did for me was it showed me if I put my mind to something, I can do anything. I, so I was told as, as like, um, when I was younger, I was told I was stupid. I was told I'll never amount to anything. I was told I will never be as good as my as my older brother, as my dad. My dad was an all-star stockbroker for, for Dean Witter than Morgan Stanley at the time. I, I was told I would never amount to anything. And and then, honestly, these were my friends who were telling me this. This. Uh, hurts, and yeah. yeah, it sucked, right? I, I hated being told that. And so like I've always had I know I said this in my last podcast, but I've always I've always had this underdog mentality, mm. the the little brother syndrome. Yeah. Right? I was always someone's little brother or someone's son, whatever. And so I I wanna be my own person, mm -hmm. right? And so that's what's driven me. And so that's also what drove me into the military, because I was like, I was like I want to show everybody I can do hard things. And so like going through basic training and then uh, and learning my job and then going through airborne school. Mm. Crazy, crazy story. Is that so, where you fly out of the planes? And well, then? yeah. So you, you, you so you jump out of airplanes and yeah. stuff like that. It, it's not like halo jumping where it's super, super high. Yeah. Where you like basically skydive. I, I've done skydiving before, but like halo jumping, those guys are amazing. Okay. Absolutely amazing. But like halo jumping, or sorry, um, airborne yeah. jumping is when you jump out of an airplane and your, and your parachute opens right away, but you're, you jump into a combat zone and you're supposed to fight your way out type of deal. Oh, okay. So, I've dude, seen that videos. It's crazy. Dude, <laughs> awesome. Awesome experience. But like, I remember there, there was a time um, where uh, it, was, it was our last jump, right? Before we were going to graduate. Right. And, I, and keep in mind, like I was going to go on my mission to Italy. I'd already sent my mission papers and stuff. I, I had like, I, I, I was like, okay, great. Like I'll be able to go on my mission. Like, but we need to make this jump, mm -hmm. right? This last jump. And I eventually had five days with my family. Then I went on my mission to Italy. Wow. But the thing is, is that um, there was our last jump. There was a storm, like a thunderstorm, mm -hmm. like lightning, thunder, the whole shebang. So called off. Well, it, like we honestly thought it was be called off. I was like, oh my gosh, I won't be able to go on my mission. Like I'll be late. Like, and I was like literally terrified. Mm -hmm. And so I said a prayer and, um, while, and then eventually we, the sky cleared up a little bit, just enough. We're like, okay, well you're fine. Like, let's just go. Yeah. Let's just get over and done with. Um, but there was an experience where I had where, um, I was about to jump out of the airplane and I heard a voice inside my head saying, you will not go on your mission. You will fail. And I was just praying. And I was just asking God to 
help me be able to go on my mission, right? And um, I heard another voice. It was my dad's voice. My, um, so my dad passed away when I was 12. But, um, and he said, I got you. You will make it. Oh, sorry. Um, no, and, I'm, I'm going to tear you too. And, um, and I jumped and it was great. I had a great experience. Finally made it through. Like actually a lot of people were taken by the wind and like were flown like 10 miles away. They had to find them. But like I was so grateful. I hit, I remember hitting the ground super hard. I remember the wind shifted the last second and just nailed me straight in the ground. I was like, oh, that sucks. You know, it hurts so bad, but I was fine. I, I remember the guy who jumped right before me broke his leg because he landed on concrete. Oh my on gosh. And so like I was just so blessed to be taken care of eventually have been able to go on my mission you know i had five days with my family i was able to graduate on time and it was perfect but still um just just grateful for that experience but anyways so just grateful i went in the military yeah. and it completely changed my life showed me i can do hard things and honestly that's what helped me to be able to fight through the mental toughness of serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Like, that is hard. Yeah. That is really hard to oh. do. But my military experience, I feel like, helped me do that. Right? And so even after serving my mission, I know I can do anything. I know that. Dang. And I mean, which, which is the whole reason you're starting your podcast about, like, do the impossible. Like, yeah. there's no excuse, literally. Yeah. And um, also, I wanted to mention, like, thanks for sharing that story earlier. Like, yeah. it was very tender. And I feel like a lot of us, like, have put on a facade when we're meeting people and like this is the real like we have all these achievements but there's so much more that really shapes who you are today yeah. like death of a parent and like mental like you know tenacity and building that through the years and like having to do like, especially like we're in utah we get judged a lot you yeah. know minorities aren't you know we, we, <laughs> we all face those and like dealing with that especially for me and growing up in utah like yeah. water off a duck's back and just like inspiring other people and i think that's the purpose of your whole like mission and vision, yeah. uh, not only for your whole life, but also for gym share. So I think Thank that you. was very notable. And like, I think people will follow and want to like be a part of that community. Dude, freak. Yeah. Thank you so <laughs> I much. I love it. Freak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So tell me more about the mission. I, so I had a friend that served in Italy and okay. like uh, running with the mobs and just like stuff like that. <laughs> yep. uh, tell me how, how was the mission experience for you? So it was very hard. It was very hard. There were m many moments where I was like, I'm done. I, I, I can't do this anymore. I like, <sighs> sorry, you're just asking me all these questions I where, I feel, like I, I, where, yeah. where <laughs> I feel like I'm going to start crying because they're so personal to me. But like, there were so many moments of my mission where I, I, I was sent angels through my companions or through other people in the mission or through members, you know, in the mission, just inspire me to keep going. So I remember there was this time where um, there was a gentleman, I was it, I was actually serving in the city of Milan. Mm. Um, there was a gentleman, I totally forgot his name, which is bad, but um, I remember I was just so discouraged because I felt like it wasn't making a difference in anyone's life. Mm. And um, I remember this um, this gentleman, he, he hadn't been to church in a long time, really, really long time. And he pulled me aside and he's like, Chase, like you help me come back to church and that's huge right and i remember like we were so excited for him to come to church and he showed up in jeans and i remember our bishop gave us a glare i'm like thinking in my head dude he came he came yeah, exactly that's the point yeah. he came right and it doesn't like it doesn't matter what you're wearing you know obviously it's almost appropriate but like it, 
it's the fact that you're there. Yeah. Kind. And so I was just so great. That that right there helped me feel like I, I have made a difference. Like and so like for my podcasts and whenever I speak in church or something like that, I always feel like I, I whenever I about to say something, I always pray and ask our, our, our Father in heaven. I ask him, helping to inspire at least one person. Mm. I don't care if like a thousand people say no like I, I i didn't really get anything out. all i care about is that one person as long as i inspire that one person i feel like i've done my job and so that helps me put things in perspective because of that experience i had my mission wow dude that is deep i think uh, hearing your story and like interacting with all these people just gives me more confidence to just do the thing because i get discouraged oh am i appealing to everybody else and just like pleasing everyone as long as you just find the one person help and make the impact you're being a tool in the Lord's hands. So dude, thank that's, you. Appreciate that. Yeah, man. Jeez, um, there's just so many caveats. So you like you work at Adobe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you worked at Chase, uh, Morgan Stanley. Yeah, Morgan Stanley. Okay. And then uh, what is something like, what is something about you that most people would know? Like what is something unique about you? So a lot of people think that I majored in finance because I, I, yeah. I worked at Morgan Stanley in finance. Right, and so a lot of people don't realize I majored in Italian, like, and, and the reason why I majored in Italian, like, just because I didn't, because I served in the military and stuff like that. I, I, it was just so hard for me to come to the decision that like finance is what I want to do, mm. and, and at the time I'm no longer in finance now, but like, um, that. I came to the point where when I finally realized I want to do finance and eventually investments, it was kind of too late to apply for the merit school. So, mm. so like I'm a firm believer that you can do anything you set your mind to as long as you're willing to do what it takes. And so, for example, I wanted to work for Morgan Stanley. Like I had the burning desire to do that. My dad worked for Dean Witter and then Morgan Stanley, Mm -hmm. right? And so I wanted to fulfill his destiny type of deal, right? And so I just had that willingness to do what it takes. And so like despite what you majored, like obviously if you're gonna do a doctor or some super specialized, please, please, for everyone's sake in our society, please get a very good education. Yeah, you can't get there that. far with Spanish, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> like, but in this, I'm a firm believer that going through the back door mm. is always a possibility. If you, if there's a will, there's a way. And so, just like, and plus, learning from you, and you're a great example, as Paul. Like getting to know people mm. who will help you get there. So yeah. like there's a gentleman, um, he's, he's a Navy SEAL, Craig Micklich. Okay, wow. Great influence on my life um, at the time. And um, he he was one who helped me get into Morgan Stanley. He's one who made the introduction um, to Morgan Stanley and eventually- the, I just, Oh, the man himself. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. literally went straight to the top, brother. <laughs> I gotta follow you, okay. Yeah, so, so he, he introduced me to uh, I think it was our VP uh, of, of all the financial advisors at uh, in downtown LA because wow. that's where he was yeah. working. Um, and so then I, I did the rest and eventually I got hired, but like despite my Italian degree. Yeah. And so like, how did I get there? It's because I was willing to do what it takes, willing to ask the hard question, willing to put myself out there and to say, hey, I need help. Can you please help me get to where I want to go? And like people are good people. Yeah. Oh, there are 100%. great people out there. And if you ask nicely, 
people will they want to help they want to yeah, they want to help they want to yeah. do that yeah because they want to help you and yeah. um and so and eventually that i took that same exact mindset of when i was like it's time to leave morganson time to move on to a new chapter in my life and um and i and, and that's talking to adobe like adobe is a very hard company to get into. yeah tell me about that how do you, how do you i'm kind of curious i still haven't heard how you got into D adobe yeah so so for, for everyone who's if anyone who's applying to adobe like like literally there are 400 applicants per position so good luck and don't try is that what you, the no, main, no, the main I, message I try okay okay try. <laughs> um but like the, the way you get in is not just having someone on the inside because that's how everyone tries. Everyone tries because there's someone on the inside and they make a recommendation. No, it's right. like going that extra mile. So I, I, I'm also, uh, um, so I, I, I train people on the side, you know, just, just personally train for fitness and yeah. stuff like that. So there's a gentleman named Chris Jenkins. I, I owe a lot of my success at Adobe to Chris Jenkins. He did, no longer works there. He actually works for a company called On24. Yeah. Great inspiration. He actually has a podcast. I think it's called Utah Tech or something like that. Mm. Amazing gentleman. Super awesome. Um, anyway, so when I was trying to build Miller Fitness, which is the the baby of Gymshare, right. like like when Gymshare was in its infancy, it was called Miller Fitness, which was it's, it's, it was my company. Yeah. Like I was just training people, and I, I got so popular that I had to hire out other trainers. Right to meet the demand because I was also a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley, working wow. in downtown Salt Lake, and it's just so hard to do both jobs at the same time. So I created a company to help me satisfy all these customers who were wanting to get trained. Anyways, and so one of the people was Chris Jenkins, and I had no idea this guy. So at the time, he worked for a company called Workfront, uh -huh. which which I'm on the Workfront team at Adobe. I didn't realize this when I was training him, but he actually helped orchestrate the acquisition of Workfront to Adobe. Whoa, he's massive. Yeah, and oh. I had no idea I was talking to the guy who did that. Cause you just like were helping him work out yeah, and stuff, just, just casual conversation, right? Yeah, yeah, just, just, and so eventually, you know, after I was telling him, I, I'm ready for a new chapter in my life. And he was like, dude, you should work for Workfront. And they're getting acquired by Adobe. And so I, I was like, okay. So he introduced me to the VP of sales. His name's Brian Barker. Amazing gentleman. Literally, I would go to war for that guy. Absolutely. Wow. Amazing gentleman. Also, Corey Seymour, too. Such amazing gentleman. Um, and I'm grateful for them taking a chance on me. But essentially, he introduced me directly to them. And that's how you get into Adobe. You get into Adobe by knowing the right people to take you to the right people who are the decision makers even before the interview even starts. Mm. So then they asked me to apply. So that makes sense? It makes it in my it makes sense, but it's also just um man, I have so many thoughts in my head. Just uh he he took a chance on you and uh like you have an Italian background, like nothing to did you do sales before this? I never done so software kind of, sales. Is it like a fake it till you make it and like you no. applied and like you so, then got so, qualified? So like I so I was taught sales at Morgan Stanley. I yeah. was on a team uh, called the Wolfslaw Group. Fantastic team. Literally they have they're a well oiled machine. I, I owe a lot of my success with mm. Adobe because of them. But um, they taught me how to sell. So okay, so you had you had the skill. Going. Yeah, yeah. It's so not instead like of high, yeah, instead of selling software, I was selling financial strategies. And right. thankfully, both Corey and Brian, they came from the financial world before they got to tech, oh. and so they had that empathy with me. So like at Morgan Stanley, like 
it, it is a grind. I remember working 14, 15 hour days type of deal, right? While having a family, living in one bedroom apartment type of deal. Like I was grinding, grinding Jeez. hard. And because um, you had to build your book of business, right? Now, how long were you doing that for? So I, I was at Morgan Stanley for about four years, roughly. And so, and it was cold calling. What? Like minimum required was 500 cold calls a day. And you did this for four years. Well, n not not that exclusive, right? Yeah, I I I did it for two years right. with them specifically. I was with uh, Craig before yes. then, but the thing is, is that um, I remember my record was a thousand cold calls in one day. Like having that tenacity, <laughs> desire to to wow. like go all out and not stop. Like my like for me, what helped me go every single day and just dial. And it wasn't just an auto dialer. It yeah. was me using my fingers. Like it was like, it was like I was playing the piano, Jeez. basically on the phone. It's like no breaks, no nonstop, nope. no no lunch breaks, just grind. Well, yeah, like, okay. like, you, like. So you, you just sound like a monster, man. Like you just like you. grinded crap out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like for me, it was my, my wife, Hannah. Yeah. Amazing woman. Literally, like I wouldn't be where I am today without her. I love my wife so much and I love my kids. Um, but like, I think one of the things that's helped me do stuff like that, do the military mm. mission, um, you know, cold calling that many times, doing gym share, doing Adobe at the same time, you know, have leadership calling my church congregation too. Yeah. Like all these things, I think the one thing that keeps me going is purpose. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, Tell me more about like purpose. So, so like my, my, my purpose has evolved and it is different for different things. But in relation to what I was talking about with Morgan Stanley, it was like my wife, she had sacrificed so much for me mm -hmm. and she had moved a ton for me. And so my goal was to get her back to Utah because like she wanted to live close by family. And I totally respect that. And we, we live close to family now, but in my head, I was thinking of Utah, Utah, I'm doing this for my family. I love my family so much. And that's what kept me was do whatever it takes to get back to Utah. And when my daughter was born, uh, she's now three years old, but when she was born, like, like the, I, I listen to motivational speeches every day when I work out, but, but there's a line I remember, if your why or your, or your purpose doesn't make you cry, then that's not your why, right? And so for me in my head, when my daughter was born, it was providing that life for her right and for my wife that they have sacrificed so much for me i need to pay it forward and they are my motivation to succeed i like burn the ships behind me they are riding on my success the life that i want to provide for them is riding on me so i better perform right and so having that why to get them back to Utah because that's where my wife is successful. Like my wife is a very successful woman. She is a amazing mother. Like she is a fearless, like mother warrior. Like she's awesome. Wow. I love my wife so much, but I know that being in Utah would help her so much. And so that was my motivation and that's what kept me going. And obviously my motivations, you know, changed so much. My why has changed so much, but like, it's just choosing your purpose, choosing your why, and going after it. And whatever is, whoever's in your way, you tell them, if, if you're not on my side, get out of the way. Because I'm going to accomplish what I need to accomplish. And you, it's scary the conviction you have. Like that, <laughs> you, you talk to me and I'm like, 
I, there's no doubt in my mind that <laughs> if you put your mind to it, you will achieve it. Yeah. And I think for our audience and everyone out there, like coming out of college, we don't know what we want to do. Finding the why, we, maybe we think we know what the purpose is. Probably not the right purpose. I like what you said earlier. If, if it doesn't make you cry, it's not not your why. Yeah. And I think that's that's a gold nugget. Even for me, I'm trying to figure what my why is. And I think that to me is like probably the most inspirational thing at least what we can do right now and um to see the things you've accomplished but 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 honestly paul like you're a great example of that too because you've been so many places you know so many people and 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 i think i think something that people can learn from you is being flexible and being open to new opportunities like like the the movie i just think the movie that comes to my head is yes man like with starring jim carrey yeah he says like yes to everything yeah yeah so he, he has to do it out of obligation but just being open to experience new things in life right regardless if you know what you like like because really we're, we're we're all we're all going through we're all like trying to see what's on the other side we're all kind of yeah. walking blindly we don't really know where we're going but it's the willingness to take a step mm. in the darkness right to take that step and i think you're an amazing example of that thank, thanks for saying i appreciate that like yeah. it's not like high school i was i was never like this always like high school introverted always bullied no friends i was like the kid playing league of legends in the in the <laughs> library all the time and then like something switched when i came to college i heard fake it till you make it yeah and you can become who you want and nobody knows your past stand in my dorm room for like a day read scriptures and then i just like imagined this is who i wanted to be went out there and you know ended up dating so many friends like literally by the grace of god like i don't know how i happened just became more extroverted i care i think i cared more about people than myself yeah generally everybody has a story wanted to hear that story ran for student body president on an accident and won and like i don't i don't even know <laughs> so cool like, ten, like i think ten, like five thousand ten thousand people vote i don't even know that many people yeah and just like i say it's because i'm brown but i think it's also <laughs> i also think it's because like people know if you're talking to somebody just because you want to get somewhere else yeah. or like you're genuinely like interested in them and i think the flexibility of like yeah well I've, i want to go travel the world like may plan to move to Switzerland and go hitchhike backpack and couch surf to every country and just I guess that's my why is like I think my why maybe just to try to enjoy the journey yeah. and not worry about the process right now like chase success I like I chase I chase a process and success will chase yeah. me rather than vice versa and so yeah. and I think you've done the same and that's what sets people apart from uh, like ambitious lazy people they want to be successful but they're not chasing the journey itself yeah. Well, well, like if you think about it this way, and I, I am, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but yeah. think of it this way: you, you, you have, you have a birth date, yeah, and you have a death date. But what's in the middle? A dash. Like on your gravestone, when you pass away, you have your birth and you have your death. Make sure that dash is not empty. Make sure it's full of life and full of experiences, because at the end of the day, that's all you bring with you. Right, or at least in our belief system, that's all we bring. Yeah. And so, why not take a chance? Why not choose to be happy? Why not go for it? Because once we die, we won't be able to do that on this earth, right? Wow, that is exact, exactly. And I've never even heard that analogy before. That is a very good analogy. Just like, no, I don't, I don't have any regrets. Like, yeah. I want to go do the things I want to do. And there's no reason to put them off. There's going to be, well, somebody said, like, there's, people are an uh, example for, like, uh, your company. Like, people will make excuses. 
uh, to not work out right now. And there will always be an inconvenient times. The best time is to do it now. Yeah. Like regardless yeah. Of what happens. So. Oh yeah. Well, well, and 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 Chad Hymas was yeah. was on the podcast earlier uh, on my podcast, and what he was saying was. If if you wanna if you wanna accomplish something, you wanna quit smoking, you wanna mm. you wanna do something in this world, do it. Right? Don't just say you wanna do it and just say it. You have to be a person of action. Yeah. You gotta actually take that step. Because in in his life, right, the I loved what he said. He was saying, like, it's not necessarily about the finish line. It's about the road to get to the finish line. Mm. That's what this life is about. Know, and so like just just taking that advice and acting on it I think is the most crucial thing that people need to do not just say it act on it mm. do it yeah yeah okay. I agree so. dang I, I really enjoy this conference this has been so I'm glad we just met today yeah and like there's so much I, we gotta I gotta come over cook curry sometime dude and, yeah I love curry seriously I am so excited like to yo, be able to do that for yeah, you. like I, dude I will return the favor and cook lasagna like on my mission <laughs> I, I, dude I'm dead serious on my mission I oh made it gosh. a point to meet with as many Italian grandmas as I could find no joke really okay literally that all was right. my motivation because and I have a full cookbook of like Get all out. the recipes oh my god and I, I want to learn I want to learn how to cook authentic Italian food, how Italians do it. Because like pizza in the United States is so much different than pizza in Italy. Yeah. So much different. And so I wanted to make it a point to do that, you know, on my mission. So I will return the favor. You make curry for me, I will make Italian Dude, lasagna for let's, you. Let's make it happen. Dude, I, I'm freak, so yeah. excited. So. That's awesome. Freak yeah. Freak yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Hey. Um, sweet. Well, Chase, it's been a, a pleasure talking with you. And I just enjoyed hearing all the golden nuggets and just the energy you protrude is so contagious. So thank, thank you, you for having us on the podcast. Or, Appreciate it. Yeah. And um, uh, for all our viewers and listeners, where can they find more about Gymshare and more about you? Yeah. So uh, gym, it's gymshare.co is our website. And our Instagram handle is the exact same, gymshare.co. Right. And so we, we just want to make it very easy. Um, our, the three pillars we, we live by at Gymshare is private, simple, convenient so we want to make it easy for people to find us too which is what we're giving out these free shirts what i'm wearing right now right and there's even a qr code on the back with our website i love so we it just want to make it as easy as possible but yeah that's where you find out where gymshare is so. sweet yeah well you guys go check out um chase and gymshare and if you guys want to tune in more to vitamin c podcast you can find us out at um at vitamin c dot podcast and it's on tiktok and instagram so thanks again chase thank you paul appreciate it cheers